we declare without equivocation that God the Father and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, appeared in person to the boy Joseph Smith. Our whole strength rests on the validity of that vision. It either occurred or it did not occur. If it did not, then this work is a fraud. If it did, then it is the most important and wonderful work under the heavens. That they came, both of them, that Joseph saw them in their resplendent glory, that they spoke to him, and that he heard and recorded their words. Of these remarkable things we testify. I knew a so-called intellectual who said the church was trapped by its history. My response was that without that history we have nothing. The truth of that unique, singular, and remarkable event is the pivotal substance of our faith. We've received quite a few questions regarding polygamy. Um, for example, a young adult from Utah asked, I struggled for years to come to peace about polygamy in the early church. Why was it necessary for Joseph Smith and many other leaders to practice it? And Morgan from Florida added, What do I tell my family when they ask about polygamy in the early days of the church? They aren't generally satisfied with the, well, we don't practice it anymore answer. Is it fair to ask you to answer this one, Kate? <laughs> That's a big question. <laughs> uh, but I have studied polygamy. I actually descend from people who, who chose to practice plural marriage. I have great-great-grandmas and great-great-great-grandmas who, who did so. Two of them were named Sarah. It, it wasn't an easy path for them. One of them was the seventh wife, and she just didn't receive the resources and support that she needed to support herself and her children, especially after her husband died. Uh, one of them was a first wife, but all of the descendants say that it was the second wife that was the favorite wife. The second <laughs> wife got to travel with the husband while the first wife took care of all the kids and did their laundry and made their meals. Uh, Polygamy is a controversial part of the Mormon Church's history. Now the Church of Latter-day Saints has shocked many by releasing a bombshell about its founder, Joseph Smith. The church acknowledging that Smith took as many as 40 wives, some of whom were already married, and one was as young as 14 years old. Hey, 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 welcome everybody. It is time for nwczradio.com's Down the Rabbit Hole. And uh, I'm Big D. We're going to do it. Yeah, just turn me down a little bit. There, there you go. Perfect. I think I came in a little hot there. A little bit. Uh, I'm Big D, like I said, and this is... Brandon Valentine. Who I haven't seen in quite a while. Yeah, no, no. I've been, I've been gone. I've been out of studio. But uh, you know what? I really, <laughs> I really enjoyed the Teletubbies. Um, I had so much fun. <laughs> With that episode, I saw. I heard you take a couple of digs at me, which. Did I? Uh, oh yeah, no, no, yeah. There was. Um, 
There, there was a couple in oh, there about my age. That I did. I think I did mention a couple of times. Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo. Yeah. I'm older than Scooby Doo. No, nah, but, but you're not though, are you? I mean, Scooby Doo. No, no. Yeah, I'm born in '65. That's right. I did. I did. I remember the inception of as a kid. I grew up with the Scooby Doo cartoons. Yeah, I was thinking it was Tom and Jerry that was the one that was actually back from the, all the way. In the yeah, 40s. that that was. That predated me. Yeah, that was that was the forties. That was before you know, pretty much before we even got in World War Two. Right. No, there's, and and you're right. Your your assessment was right about a lot of it. There, the, there's a lot of Tom and Jerry's that disappeared along with the like Three Stooges. Yeah. And a lot of episodes back then where they made fun of Hitler and and Germany and stuff, and, and a lot of that stuff disappeared because it was very popular at the time. Oh, I'm sure it was because I mean it was very. I mean, you look back at a lot of the cartoons and a lot of the posters and a lot of the stuff they made. It was it was very very well known to make fun of the Germans because well they were an easy target. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and and a lot of world, you know, the world was in chaos and 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 they were cause of a lot of that. Yeah, they were. But hey, it's Mitch. it's really good to see you. It is good to see you too. And it's good to have everybody tuning in and listening along. Sorry about this sort of you know disjointed beginning. We haven't been together for. It feels like month, a month or so. It's been close. I mean, I've been gone two weeks, so I was in in Hawaii. So I've been gone. You've been gone. Yeah. I'm kind of <laughs> going back and forth. So well, it's summer. It is. It's it. summer and lots of stuff going on. I want to thank all of you, everybody who has emailed us over the course of the week. Got a lot of lot of emails. A lot of people asking for the COVID sheet. If you don't have it. All you got to do is just drop us a line down the rh at protonmail.com. I will send that right out to you. A lot of people responding who are facing the the vaccine mandates at work, which I am. And I'm going to keep you, uh, well, I'll just give you an update. I filed my religious exemption on it. I have not heard back. I, I've talked to uh, lawyers and uh, union shop stewards and so forth. And uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I think I'm going to lose. I probably lose my job. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much. I think what's going to happen. If I don't lose my job, what's going to happen is they're going to put they're going to put people like me on unpaid administrative leave. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how it's going to affect mine. Uh, my boss is very much um, against the vaccine as well. So I'm right, but he so he'll he'll be fine. Yeah. So I think what a part of what it might come into though is because we do a lot of work with government contractors that'll be and that'll be the problem that is where it's coming to a thing with the the governor's new mandate and a lot of construction workers are having issues if you do any work that is you know paid for by the government and work on any government sites you know any job sites that are government sites you are yeah you're required you have to you are required to have a vaccine just like everybody else yeah well i'll keep you up to date on on mine i'm working with a group uh who is dealing nationwide with this. If you would like a, a link to them, I, I, I'm, they're not paying me. I'm not pay, It's a it's a nonprofit organization. Uh, they're giving instruction on how to fill out forms. They also have a, a template of you know kind of how you know what to do and what to say. And uh, I'd be glad to pass that on to you. It's a little trickier with the medical exemption because you're going to have to find a doctor who will sign off on it for you. And uh, they're asking a lot of illegal questions on these forms. Yeah. So, but that's for another show. But I just wanted to give you an update, everybody, an update on there that uh, I am still currently employed. The the the, the I, I just say the the D Day is October 18th is when they're going to fire. That's their word. 
anybody who hasn't complied with the vaccine mandate, and I'm not getting it. Well, that's one thing that's interesting with, like, I have a, a niece who's 12 who was talking to me about this today. She's like, oh, yeah, we're going back to school, you know, next week, but we'll see what happens on October 18th. And, I mean, she's 12, and she's already yeah. like, yeah, because we don't know how many teachers we're going to have after October 18th. They don't, and a lot of people are talking about, and people have to stay strong. I'm shocked how many of my coworkers who talk tough have already bowed. And I expect there's going to be a good percentage of that, and I, but it will be interesting to see who sticks to their guns and fights it out. Because there's lawsuits working their way through the courts now, but they're at the beginning stages. And whether they're going to get to a point where they can you know, head this off you know, by the 18th or not, that, I think that's what we're going to see. It's, it's going to be interesting because, like I said, I just got back from Hawaii, and Hawaii is basically it's the, the, the passport. Yeah. It, it is the, the, the beginning of the passport. Everywhere we went, we had to it's have— It's the test run for the U.S. Yeah, we had to have a QR code on our phone that we had to show to the rental car agency when we rented the car, rented the car. before we even got off the plane— to leave the airport, we had to show this QR code showing that we've either had the test or had a vaccine or whatever it was, that we had all this, that we were cleared to go on. Mm. Or if we didn't have that, they'd immediately take you into a 10-day quarantine. What about coming back? Coming back, no. There was nothing. It was just going into. Just going into Hawaii. Just going into Hawaii. And then, like I said. Yeah, and we, my wife, it's the same way when she's, going into yeah. Can- when she's gone into Canada. When she came back in the U.S., oddly enough, the, it really wasn't that big of a rigmarole. Yeah, no, it was. And going from island to island, because we went to Maui first and then to Oahu. And when we went from island to island, we flew, they're like, oh, where are you going back to the mainland? We're like, no, we're just, we, just came back from, we just came from Maui. And they're like, oh, you're fine. Keep going. So, so inner island travel was okay. Inner island travel was okay, but to check into our to our condo, mm-hmm. we all three of us, because it was me, my wife, and, and Beach, we all had to show that we had, you know, either had our test and that we were clean. But even their radio stations say flat out, like all of the the passing around in Hawaii, everyone. Yeah, all the cases it, that are happening. Yeah, it was out of the like ninety eight percent of the cases were cases that had come from in inter island, had been passed around on the island, were not coming from the tourists. <laughs> it was they the don't want to hear that. But that's that's the case. That's, that's the that's truth. That's the reality. But that's not what the locals are going to tell you. It's all of, no. all the tourists who bring it in. It's like no, all the everything we have to go through to get on the island. There's no way we have COVID. Right. No. Well, uh, we'll go and we'll probably talk. We'll definitely talk more about that stuff on some of the midweek yeah. podcasts because we're starting a brand new series today. Oh, yeah. And this is uh, so let me just throw out a disclaimer. And I do want to say to my family, suck it. <laughs> I mean, so, I grew up in this, but yeah, this w- is which is why, truth. which is why I agreed to do this because I know we're going to step on some toes. Yeah. And what we're, we're, we're going to explore over the next, I don't know, three, four weeks or whatever is Mormonism. And tonight we're going to do a deep dive into even just, I don't even know if we're going to get all the way through him. I don't but, think so. Like but, I said, the, the I early, got to the age of 18 and you know, that's early, as far as I was able to get. Early life of Joseph Smith who founded and founded Mormonism. And I know Mormons. I dated a Mormon. You were a Mormon. Yeah. I grew up The Mormons Mormon. for most of their existence have tried to... Uh, paint themselves as a, a evangelical, uh, kind of like a, a as a Baptist or a Lutheran or a Methodist, 
you know, as one of the evangelical uh, denominations, and the, but the evangelicals have constantly rejected them. Yeah. Based on their theology and based on, well, all the crazy stuff that goes along with it. Well, and there's a lot of the stuff, too. I mean, a lot of people, it's... But I think it goes deeper than that. I think it does because you go back to the past. There's a lot of even Mormons. I mean, I grew up Mormon, and once I really started researching this, all the stuff about Joseph that we're going to talk about today... You that, didn't know. Like, like I said, I got up to the age of 18, and I've been researching this the whole time I was in Hawaii. Well, how about their connection to the Masons? Oh, there's we huge connection. When we get to but that those, point, those it's going to blow... A little bit, as he's a little bit older, but... Yeah, yeah, but it's going to blow some people's minds how much they the, stole. The, the Masons influenced and are still involved in... Half of their ceremonies uh, are based off the Masons because he became a Mason so they could steal their ceremonies. It's crazy. I mean, there is so much. I mean, it is crazy. And the one thing I will say, because actually me and my dad got into it right before we, I was having dinner with my family and I mentioned to my dad we were doing this. <laughs> and my dad is still a devout Mormon. So he popped and the lid. We, we got into it a little bit because, I mean, I even told him, I said, the church that we know today isn't the church that started. No, not even close. It's not even the church that was there with Brigham Young. Brigham no. Young. And when we get to Brigham Young, wow. oh, what a dirty, nasty bastard. Yeah. Um, Rotten dude. But he changed even what Joseph Smith started. He oh, changed yeah, it from no. there. Uh, the, and then the people after and one of his Brigham key, Young changed it from there. One of, one of uh, Joseph Smith's key writers of their theology quit well joseph smith tried to kill him and oh, yeah. he had to quit because he tried to marry his wife yeah and joseph smith married what almost 40 40 wives or whatever and a lot of them were young 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 yeah there was a lot of there, even though of supposedly the book of mormon condemns Polygamy, but only for women. That's yeah, only for women, and that's later. They yeah. changed it. And actually, what's interesting is some of the stuff that I read said that he, Joseph Smith himself, actually tried to change and take the polygamy out right before he died. <laughs> and a lot of people think that's one of the reasons what's why. What's good for me ain't good for thee. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons that I think a lot of people feel like why Brigham Young and some of those because once we get to it, let him die. Oh yeah, no because Brigham Young. Brigham Young literally watched him go. Yeah, and, and was rooting it on. Brigham Young wanted the the polygamy, which is funny because he was a power hungry dude. There was because there's other things that you find later on too that Brigham Young was actually, according to a lot of people at the time, was completely against polygamy in the beginning. Oh, but and he then enjoyed, once he got he into it, it oh, he got into it. <laughs> so again, this is not to if you're a Mormon, this, we're not here to offend you. Listen with an open mind and and. Feel free to email us. You want to debate it? You want to talk about it? I've studied Mormonism yeah. for years. I've read uh, I did, read the Mormon Doctrine. I've read uh, Pearl of Great Price. I've read the Book of Mormon. Doctrine and Covenants. Doctrine and Covenants. I, I went to the Mormon bookstore, bought them all. They thought I was nuts and walked out. And it's amazing what's in their own writing that their own people don't know. And it is one of those things. I mean, I'll, I'll, I will say this. As someone who grew up Mormon and have a lot of friends and family, that are still Mormon. The 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 people can be amazing. Oh sure, but like any, but but there's some weird the same, stuff look, in that religion. I'm a Christian, and I and I re, and I recognize and I realize that in under the umbrella of Christianity, there's been lots of weird, crazy things. There's been lots of weird philosophies. There's been lots of weird sects and cults. Yeah, and there's stuff in the Bible that even I struggle with. But so this isn't a I just want to, I just want you to know if you're a Mormon, we're not attacking you. Relax. 
Relax. We're, 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 we're just doing a deep dive into some weird, weird stuff that you maybe not have heard of. And if you would like to debate it, fine, email yeah. us. We'll be glad for it. But a lot of people out there don't know much about the Mormons, and that's by design. And, and what we're trying to push here isn't really like what your beliefs are. No. We're talking more about the, ba- the, the history. history and the beginnings of your religion. Yeah. What, like I, I just stated, the religion that we know of Mormonism now is not the same religion no. that we're talking about it from Joseph Smith. It evolves over time. Joseph Smith, it evolved after Joseph Smith died into what Brigham Young made it. Mm-hmm. And then after Brigham Young, it even evolved even more. Well, yeah, because, and they almost died out again until uh, they got um, <laughs> they got a ton of money. And hmm, wonder where they got that from. Yeah. And there's a lot of it, too, where, I mean, and that's one of the things, the revelation, what is it, revelation? The revela- well, revelation, yeah, yeah. The revelations that they have. That is what keeps They're very them- time convenient. Yes, they are. And that's what keeps, <laughs> that's that's what, what keeps them going. Yeah, that's what cracks me up. Because and that's the, why because they the Christian Church sealed the, re, the like the Book of Revelation. We're the last of the Revelation. So if you have any Christian pastor who comes out and says, "I got a word from God that this is," you know, it, it's already pre-established. Charlatan, kick him out. Yeah, and nobody takes him serious. And that's it. And that's what, or you label him a cult. And that's what's made Mormonism honestly survive is the fact of their revelations to the fact that they can adjust right, to what's going on. Couldn't drink caffeine until they bought Pepsi. Yeah. And then it was... But they still can't Blacks weren't coffee. allowed on campus until they were about to lose... Uh, and I, I will put this out there. I give it another five years before the gays are in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And they can smoke pot. Oh, God, I hope so. Actually, then you, I'm then you'll join pot, back up. I'll join. I'm allergic to pot, but if they go back to the cocaine and it's the '80s cocaine, I'm well. I'm in. They're the LDS. Why wouldn't they just ex- adopt LSD? There we go. But it's got to be the stuff from the '80s, not the crap that's out there today. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's enough of the the preamble. Let's oh, roll yeah. into it. And and like I said, this is going to be we're going to do a series of this. this. This will not bleed over into our midweek podcast. We'll there. We'll talk about more uh current events and so forth yeah but um but we want to get we want to dive into more we, we've talked about this for a while we decided not to do it when we did our series on cults because a, just out of respect basically I, me personally i would put them in the cult category i honestly it's one of those things and i, I kind of debated this a little actually with my dad earlier was during joseph smith's time yes and during Brigham Young's time. It was a cult. They were very much a cult. Right. I wouldn't put them there now. I wouldn't put them now. I think they've evolved from a cult into a religion. A religion. So. And I would agree with that. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I think. I think they. I think if you go back, I think they hid a lot of, and that's what we're going to talk about. They hid a lot of their past to move forward. And I think if you go back far enough in time, you would find that yeah. I mean, honestly, during you know, three thousand or two thousand whatever years ago. Christianity was considered a cult. Oh, it definitely was. It was definitely frowned people, upon. One and, of the things that I sure. I really read and actually really struck home to me was someone basically said that Mormonism is to Christianity what Christianity was to Judaism. Because the well, Mormon, I think Christianity what really took shape when it when it was considered an off branch danger to people and a cult was was during the Roman Empire and when Nero was in charge. Yeah, but what it, what I mean by that is that. They, the Christianity did not come and say, the Old Testament's crap, 
Right. They came back and said, no, this is all true. We're just adding to it. Exactly. And that's exactly what the Mormons did. Right. And part of the reason why... We're going to add to the new New Testament. Yeah, and I think that's why they were able to survive as much as they did, because it was still familiar, like, hey, everything you've already learned, yes, that's still true, but we're just going to give you some more. We got a new... We got some new to give you. We got some new news. So let's talk about Joseph Smith. I'm going to give you some... We'll start with just some stats, and then um, we'll get into it. So Joseph Smith... He was born on December 23rd, 1805 in Sharon, Vermont. When he was 10 years old, he and his parents moved to Palmyra, New York. And in his, quote, testimony, he claims, so Joseph Smith claims that in 1820, there was a great deal of, quote, revival preaching being done by the area Methodists and Baptists. Uh, he also claimed that one day in 1820, when he was just 15 years old, he uh, was in the woods praying to God, and the Mormons referred to this place in the woods as the Sacred Grove. So yes. I'm going to stop there because there's a lot we need to get into about that period of his life. Yes, there's a lot. I mean, it's one of those things that the whole reason he was out there was supposedly because, I mean, he studied the Bible mm-hmm. a lot, which kind of goes back to a lot of the stuff we're going to talk but about. But he, also, he also was... was uh, he was a precocious kid. He a lot of people accused him of being a necromancer, and he didn't deny yes. it. No, he never did. He also was uh, brought up before the court several times on uh, unruly and disruptive behavior. He he, he had Lying. ADD. Yeah, oh, in my opinion, time. I think he I think he didn't fit in. He had a wild imagination. He well, he, and I think a lot of that wild imagination comes in. I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, we didn't mention it yet, but when he was eight years old and he got typhoid, he spent what three months bedridden, another three years where he couldn't walk. Right after that, so I mean, from the age of eight to eleven, and this wasn't a time when we had TV and video games and everything else. He had nothing to do but sit there and make stuff up, right? And think about things and come up with this, and it really makes you wonder: that, is that what he was doing during that time? Was he coming up with these ideas and he just wasn't able to put them in and figure out how to do it till later? Yeah, uh, it's hard to say because he uh, he definitely was not your normal kid. No. And even his parents are on record as saying so. And people around him, there there's people who because remember back then they were these were small towns, these this was uh, these were townships basically. Yeah. And he got kicked out of several churches and tried to join like a Presbyterian church, they wouldn't let him in based on his reputation. Uh, his parents quit a couple of different churches because they uh, they had whatever theological uh, disagreements or whatever. So they were kind of and they were kind of ask, vagrant within the the I'll just say the Christian denominations. Yeah, and they asked a lot of questions. I mean, there, there's stuff too that we found that there's information that doesn't go deep, but there is information that one of his uncles had a a commune a, that was a very socialist type commune <laughs> at one point. So this was part of his family. This wasn't just something that he came up with. His family was very nomadic. Um, and part of that comes into too some of the stuff that I found was um, his parents weren't very good with money. No, they no, they, they tried it. They they lost a bunch of money on a ginseng deal that went bad, <laughs> um, and then they bought a, a farm that was pretty much a rock farm. Um, and a there was, rock farm, yeah, a rock farm. Yeah. I mean, so it, good luck with that. Good luck. So good, uh, harvest them big rocks. Yeah. So they were, and they were, and they bought it, of course, at the peak. And then couldn't even come close to selling what they paid for it, no. so they owed money. And I mean, everything that they did was just put them deeper and deeper in debt. And there were so therefore a lot of stress in the home. He was an only kid. 
Wasn't he? I don't. Did he have siblings? No, I think he did. I think he had siblings, but they don't talk about. They him don't. I, there, there I had a, a hard time finding much I about his siblings. Found very little on his siblings, but from what I understood, he he was. Which is was interesting. Which siblings. is interesting because you would think if he's the uh, you know he's the head honcho and the and the chief uh, you know founder of Mormons that uh, you would know a lot more about his family, but really you don't. Because I know he had at least one brother. Because one of his brothers dies with him. Right, that is true. One of his brothers does die with him. That is um, true. But I mean, there's a few. I think there's. I think he was the youngest of a few. But I, I can't remember. There wasn't a whole lot in this stuff, at least as far as I was getting. I mean, I got. I know farther on, but like where I deep dived, I didn't get past like the age of eighteen because there's just so much to go through. Well, and also his parents. I mean, it's pretty documented by he he ran around by himself a lot. His parents yeah. ignored him. He. Um, he he was uh, he was shoot like around town, you know. He would just hang out and pe- like you know out in front of a store, or he'd hang out at some place of work or whatever. And people were constantly kicking him out of different places. And he would he was known for sitting around and telling super tall tales. This was something that he liked to do. He he ba- I, I he was almost. Uh, uh, I don't know, psychopathic in the way that he would just make up these stories. He would make up all these and, stories and and regale them on the locals and the, and 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 claim that they were true. And there's a lot of this stuff. was before he got the tablets and everything. Yeah, and this was there's a lot of stuff that I found of his um, when he was younger, his youth, of him being basically uh, a lot of people talk to him as being a liar. He was very much known as someone who lied and told untruths quite a lot. Well, uh, yeah. So even if we go into his uh, his, fi- his his revelations, he changed the story multiple times, as far as where he his supposed first vision and how the you know these angels uh, they came to him and they told him where to find these tablets and all this stuff. He changed that story multiple times early on. His yeah. own family didn't believe him. No, he had a lot of siblings. So, father of Alvin, Hiram, Sophronia, Joseph Jr., Samuel, Ephraim, William, Catherine, Don Carlos, and Lucy. Don Carlos? Yeah. <laughs> they just snuck a Don Carlos in there? Kind of like, I saw that there's just like Don Carlos. I mean,. So, so name those. Do that again. Album. I'm Al, oh, sorry. Alvin, Hyphrom, Sophronia, Joseph Jr., Samuel, Ephraim, William, Catherine, Don Carlos, <laughs> and Lucy. <laughs> so you got all these super old school, yeah, pilgrim a, names. A and then Don, Don Carlos. Carlos. <laughs> I'm Don Carlos, the most interesting Mormon in the world. <laughs> Don Carlos. Wow. So I, I did not see that. Uh, that's crazy. Because you don't hear a peep about no, them. You don't. And that was the only reason I found them is because I actually just searched for Joseph Smith siblings. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, so, <laughs> so Joseph Smith, he, as a kid, obviously now he, he's established as this sort of like, <clears throat> he's a liar He's, he's, he tells lots of stories. He's kind of a ne'er-do-well. He just wanders around. He's ignored by his parents. I don't know. Apparently, he's got siblings, but I don't know if you got along with him because you don't hear about any stories no. of him 
running around, playing the with them. They're I never with them. The only thing I hear about his siblings in any of the stuff I read was pretty much one of them went with them into the religion and ended up dying with yeah, them. Well, why not, man? If your brother's got a bunch of bunch of women you know, around and some money in the bank and you got nothing going on, your dad's got a rock farm, why wouldn't you? Yeah. You know, <laughs> it seems like seems like the logical thing to do. But um yeah, so so Smith claims that when he was 15, now again, we all know 15-year-olds. Yeah. I I've had to, yeah, I have two daughters. I remember when they were 15. They told all sorts of stuff. If my 15-year-old came to me and said, "Hey dad, I was out, I was I was hanging out in the woods and this angel came to me and, and told me that I've been chosen and where and showed me where these these golden whatever these tablets well, and are. See, that's the thing though is even at fifteen he never even said that. What he all, no. all he said at fifteen was he went out there and prayed and said which church is the right one, and God and Jesus. You're going to start and, it. They didn't even tell him that then. It wasn't until later at the fifteen one. All they said is they all suck. That was pretty much everything, and that's what I, I kept thinking because I had the same thought that, oh, they told him, no, it wasn't until like four or five years later when he prayed again that they said, here, now you're gonna, we're going to give you the golden plates, you're going to start. They just told him all the, all the churches are wrong. Right. Oh, Don't so, so join here, any of them. So here it is. This is from, the, this is from LDS.org. Uh, it's in their history section. It says, quote, There in that secu- secluded place in the most dramatic revelation since Bible, biblical times, God and his son, Jesus Christ appeared to the boy and gave him instructions. He was commanded to join none of the existing churches and was told that God would restore to earth the church originally organized by Jesus Christ with all of its truths and priesthood authority. So you're right. They didn't even say yeah. uh, and you're going to you're you're the leader. No, they just said yeah, we're we're yeah. But what the interesting part is is that story's changed over time. Originally, I think the first well, one that he said was, they just told me there was no good church, and then all of a sudden there's all the other, oh, and now I'm going to restore it. Not only that, it shows, uh, records show that the Smiths were still active members in 1828, eight years after the first vision of the Western Presbyterian Church. They were suspended as members, members of the Presbyterian Church in 1830 because they had neglected, quote, public worship and the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, says there's also evidence that Smith attempted to join the Methodist Church in June of 1828, but was dropped by the local circuit writer because of Smith's low moral character and occupation as a necromancer and dealer of enchantments. Yeah. So he gets it. So in 1820, he gets this visit, this this vision or whatever. But yet, what eight years, ten years later, he's still trying to join these churches. Yeah, and that's one thing that I found, too. There was one of the things, and it's a book that we mentioned, we were talking about beforehand. I don't think we've talked about it yet. There's a book that I've been reading um, called oh, No Man No Man Knows My Name, or No, no Man Knows My History, Right. Um, which is a great book by uh, Fawn I've been, read- I've been reading the PDFs of that. Yeah, me too. Um, and one of the things that she mentions in it is, at that time, not to sound bad, but there was a lot of people that saw God. Yes, there were. And it was basically the newspapers well, would p- print this and nobody can find. If you remember, this was, we've talked about this before when we were talking about uh, some of the cults and and um, and 
what was going on in Europe, this was the same time that there was this sort of age of enlightenment thing yes. going on. And, and there were uh, over there in Germany, this is when they had um, a, a lot of the, uh, the table readings and mm -hmm. the levitations. Yeah. And there were a lot of, and this was all going on. It was just, it was sort of their age of Aquarius. Yep. And there's a lot of things where you can go back and look at newspapers from that time where they would talk about like, hey, you know, so-and-so saw God, and this is what they said. Nobody can find, even though he has stated that he told people about this, no one can find a newspaper that says anything about his vision. They can find one at a similar time from somebody else who says almost the exact same thing, but not one from him. Right, right. Uh, well, uh, according to this article, it says, uh, all of this raises the question, did anyone take the story of the first vision seriously? The answer is no, not even his family. Smith also claimed that on September 21st, 1823, that the angel Moroni appeared to him and disclosed the location. Now, now, again, Moroni never appears in the original text of the Bible. This no, Moroni is a, is a new character. made up or... Yeah, it's he's a, a new character. He's they, a new character, a new exactly. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Moroni appeared to him and disclosed the location of a partially buried box containing gold plates in the quote reformed Egyptian tongue. You have to add new characters in the third movie of the trilogy, <laughs> together with two stones used for <laughs> translating the plates. He so he meaning Smith said that there was a book deposited written upon gold plates, given an account. Of the former inhabitants of this continent and the source from whence they sprang. He also said that the fullness of the everlasting gospel was contained in it as delivered by the Savior to the ancient inhabitants. His own parents didn't take him serious. No. And they were like, yeah, whatever, Joe. Because like I said, there was plenty of people at that time which is a lot of things as we'll get into later. Is the claiming church, all this stuff. Well, claiming all that stuff, but as the church forms later, there's a reason why he doesn't do it in New York. Right. Because he had a reputation in New York as a liar and a charlatan and that he made up stories. Yeah. Well, he actually went to court for some of this stuff. Yeah, because, I mean, he was very good. He was, I mean, he was a con artist. He was. Let's just say he that. He was great at telling stories, and but the thing is, is you look at it, and if you look at a lot of, you know, cult leaders, we talk, I mean, we've never gone down the Jim Jones well, we will. We will. But Jim Jones is very well documented that when he was five years old, he was going from church to church trying to find new stuff and religion and re researching religion at that age, at that early of an age. Well, which so was Joseph Smith. Yeah, Joseph Smith was doing the same thing, and he also uh, we'll get into it later uh, where he he fuses a lot of what uh, he yes. found in religion with the. Um, the, the Masons, because he, he joined the Masons, and then a lot of the temple... Well, you Have you ever been in the temple? A lot of the rituals and stuff... I've are, never are, been allowed in the temple, because by the time I was old enough to be able to go in the temple, they'd already asked me to leave. Right. I was never... Well, I've read and I've seen, I've seen documents, I've seen documentaries of, of people who have reenacted a yeah. lot of the rituals. Uh, they're not... They they're weird. They're, well, they're very weird. And, and, and they're very and, Masonic. And, <laughs> extremely so. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I was like, I couldn't even go to my own sister's wedding because I was not allowed into the into the temple. I couldn't go to a couple of my nieces and nephews because as I got older, I was not allowed in the temple. Well, I went into, so here in our area, there's a huge temple on the east side of, yeah. uh, outside of Seattle. And they built it in the 80s. Mm -hmm. And when... <laughs> 
<laughs> so when it was completed, they allowed people, it was like for, I don't know, a week, maybe a few days, five days, you could go up, anybody could walk through the temple. And so I went up, a, bu- a couple of buddies and I went up and we walked through it and it's weird because there's no windows and there's all the, and you don't get to go to all the secret rooms and stuff. You basically just got to go into the, I'll just say the sanctuary, yeah, big, huge sanctuary. And you see all the artwork and everything. And as soon, and, and because we all walked through it, we defiled the temple. So they then closed the doors, ripped out all the carpet replaced it and had some huge uh you know uh ceremony where they re-sanctified it and now only temple mormons can go in there yeah because i'm not allowed because i've been well yeah. you're a heathen i'm a heathen yeah because i let's just be honest i am the worst of the worst because i know the truth yeah because you're a jack mormon yeah i know the truth and i have denied it right so i'm worse than most people you're worse who, than me who have never been one i yes. just i just reject it yeah, I reject. Well, wait till wait till we get it. wait till we get later on down the line when we get into the the three heavens and where we'll all be hanging out. Oh, yeah. Or get down <laughs> the line where basically, according to uh, Brigham Young, I should be murdered. Yes, you should be. Yes, according yes, to Brigham Young, be. I should be not just like excommunicated. I should be murdered. Well, I have that right here. Says Brigham Young had no tolerance for Mormons who began to doubt the faith. As uh, one of his wives alleged, he ordered the deaths of people who tried to leave the faith. According to her, they would try to leave Utah, then turn up murdered, supposedly by Native Americans, which is true. He did that. Yeah. He would send out his own people dressed as Native Americans or Indians and kill them so that they would blame the Indians. Which we'll get into a little bit later is the blood, the blood rights. Yeah. Wild Bill Hickman. We all know the famous yep. Wild Bill. He was a famed gunslinger, and he was the, a friend of Brigham Young. Actually claimed that Young had ordered him to commit some of those murders. Those allegations have never been proven, but Young did indicate that he supported the sentiment, even if he never ordered a murder. A murder. Yeah. In several speeches given to large gatherings of Latter-day Saints, he proclaimed that the only way a person could be absolved of the sin of leaving Mormonism would be for that person to have his or her blood spilled on the ground. Because you were doing a favor by killing him. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. But that that's to me, that spells cult. It does. And like I said, there's a lot of things after Brigham Young, when things changed and they started going, okay, this is a little bit far, and they got rid of the blood r- rituals, and they got rid of the fact that they believed that you could pray the, the Native American out of somebody um, and make them white. Right. <laughs> that's something we'll get into in a bit, but that's when they well, stopped. I think a lot of the and they the, have a great they the have cultish a, stuff disappeared. They also have a great reason why we have black people on the planet, <laughs> which cracks me up. We'll get to that. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they're the yeah. Um. Okay, so speaking of this first vision, which happened in eighteen twenty. Here's so here's the overall LDS position. I did look this up. And it says not only was this a pivotal event in teaching the world that none of the churches were true, thereby establishing the need to restore God's true church, it helps members understand the actual nature of God. God the Father and his son Jesus Christ are two separate personages. Which therein right there that that doctrine separates them from most ecumenical churches. The fact that God and Jesus are separate personages it also shows that's not the belief in all the other ones no god the father the son holy spirit are all one being see yeah and uh 
Mormons, they actually believe they're all three. They're three different people. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it also shows an example of how God can be approached in prayer and shows that he does answer when asked with a sincere heart. So that's the, that's the LDS position. See, and it's one of those things, because for me, I'll, I'll be honest, when I grew up later and I talked to people, I still have problems understanding that people see the God, the Father, the God, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost as being one person. Mm-hmm. I grew up with the Mormon believing right. that they're three different people, and I'm right. like, what do you mean they're all the same person? There's right. three people. No, and I've had that discussion many times with Mormon missionaries. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so here's here is an overview of the critics' position of this this finding of these tablets. This, this first, well, the first vision. Yeah, before the tablets. I think he just ate mushrooms, and I want some. <laughs> I think so. I think he. I think there's a lot of truth to that. I think I he was wandering around out there by himself, hanging out, and uh, and yeah, wandered and well, got hungry. Maybe ate some bad berries. And that's one thing that we can kind of we'll get into after you get through this is the stuff that I mean some of the other stuff that he was doing that could honestly really be that this was a hallucination, right? Hallucination. Well, I'll, I'll get you. I'll let you do that next. So I'm going to read. The, this is the overview of quote critics' position because I think it's important that we get both sides of this. Uh, was this a real physical event or was this a vision in the same sense that Lehi saw a vision of the tree of life quote in a dream? first written version of the account by Joseph Smith was not given until 12 years after it supposedly took place. Who's Lehi? Uh, that's, uh, that's another one of them. I think that's another one of the Mormons. It's another one of the Mormon ones, which yeah. is funny because it's one of those. Because like, they all saw visions. They all, they all say Lehi. Now, unless you're Mormon, everyone's like, who the hell is Lehi? Right. No, I think of Nehi, like uh, orange yeah. sodas. Anyway, <laughs> when he first penned the account, Joseph only mentioned one person visiting him, which is no small detail to be mistaken about. There are now known at least nine different accounts relating the first vision with varying degrees of changes and circumstances. If this vision was so important and and life-changing, why are there, there discrepancies? As far as dissemination of Joseph's vision, there is scant evidence that this uh, that it was referenced in any published material in the ni- 1830s, and it was left out of the first publication of the church's history written by Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery. And Oliver Cowdery is the guy who eventually quit because Joseph Smith trying to marry his wife. I thought it was his daughter. Oh, you're right. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was she was a, a young daughter. Yeah, he was trying to, to pork his daughter. I think he actually might have he porked did his do, He did. He did his and, daughter. And then he was like, oh, I have to marry her now. And yeah. Oliver was like, I'm out. Yeah. Uh, it was also left out of the Book of Commandments published in 1833. It was the precursor to the Doctrine and Covenants, which I've read that. I've read that one, yeah. And the general church membership did not receive information about the first vision until the 1840s. And even then, the story did not hold the prominent place in Mormon thought that it does today. For an event of such import, of import, why wasn't it more widely known? And if Joseph's telling of the event was the cause of such persecution to himself, why doesn't the historical record bear this out? Which are all fair questions. They are. And I will be honest. Do they ever answer those? They don't. They don't. Which this is on their website. They yes. put this on their website with all these questions, and they're like, cool, here are all the questions the critics have, but we're not going to answer any of them. Yeah, this is called mormonthink.com. We're not going to answer any of these questions. We're just going to say, this is what the critics think. Well, I agree with the critics. Answer the damn question. <laughs> well, they can't. 
They can't because it's the, just, just they can't. Yeah, there. I mean, there's so many. Like I said, I mean, there's different versions of what happened on that day. Well, so and, really and they only wonder, come from one guy. They only come from one guy, and they're all different versions from him. Right. So, what was going on in his life? What What was he, you were talking about that he had all kind of crazy thoughts? Oh, and stuff yeah, going he was on. nut nutball. Um, after the typhoid, typhoid, like I said earlier, he had the the three years of bedridden. And by the way, my brother, we were both adopted, and when he was a little, when he was a baby, he had typhoid fever, and they put him on medication for years, but he would have the most frightening real life nightmares where he would he would literally he would wake up. He would be he, he would be walking around living in the nightmare in his head. And we would have to it, and I was I was only three years older than him. So if he was three, I'm six. And it scared the crap out of me. Because in his head, because of that fever, and then because of what the medicine that they gave him, um, it, it, it boils your brain. Yeah, because typhoid fever. With typhoid fever, you're basically you you'll get a temperature up to 104. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people that die from typhoid fever literally die basically from shitting themselves. Right. Because you get explosive diarrhea to the point of death. Yeah. I mean that does not sound like a fun way to go. Well, you he, dehydrate out. Yeah, he got di- typhoid c- fever that lasted for about two weeks. And, and, then after, and the medicine back then wasn't that great. No. And after the typhoid, he ended up with a... And what do you pay with them? Rocks from the rock farm? Probably. I mean, did they have insurance Here back then? Here you go, then? doctor. A couple of wheelbarrows rocks. Yeah. Help my son. Nothing had insurance back then. <laughs> but after the typhoid, after he recovered from it, he ended up with like a sore under his arm that ended up becoming like infected that they pulled out. I think they said it was half a quart Jeez. of freaking pus and stuff out of. Gross. And then he got another one on his leg that be- infected his bone. So he obviously wasn't taken that well care of. No. He got another infection in the in his leg that went into his bone, and then they had to bring in, what did they call him? They called him the, the barber surgeon. Yeah. Who basically, but his family didn't believe in alcohol. Right, so he couldn't, he, they couldn't put him under. Yeah, and that was the anesthetic they used at the time. So they basically, like, there was, like, accounts from his brothers and sisters, like, they remember hearing him scream, like, all night long while he had no antiseptic, antiseptic at eight years old. And all the barber surgeon would do is basically cut open his leg and chip away jeez, jeez. the infected bone. Oh, my gosh. So and then he had three years of, oh. you know, three, three weeks or three months of bed being bedridden after that, and then three years before he could walk again. So he had all that time to think about it. And then he got into money digging, and that yeah, because they were they were poor. They were poor. He poor. was trying to figure. He couldn't get a job. Yeah. So and he, he money basically digging, crippled. Yeah, basically crippled. Got into money digging, which for anyone who doesn't know, money digging at the time, what it really was, grave robbing, is grave robbing or treasure hunting, it's which is where the whole necromancer uh, yes. charge came in. So he would go in, and at the time, there was a guy that I guess was like one of the big shots. His name was Walters. That's all anyone knows about him. Right. But he would go through and he had all the like all the stuff like the the a, a frog that was, you know, whatever that was this special frog that would tell him where stuff was. So it was the Warner up, Brother frog that could talk. Pretty much, yeah. So he would go through <laughs> and be like, "Oh, I can find all this, you know, pay me the money and I will find the treasure on your land and all that." And would read from this book and tell everyone this is a, a lost language that only I can read. Where have we heard that before? Right. Oh, yeah, that's right. We'll get into that later when we talk about Not the Not only that, play. Joseph Smith started using a divining rod. He did after this guy, because basically yeah. Walters went through and 
Joseph Smith kind of learned from him. Yeah, he learned how to be a charlatan. And then Walters, they got busted because he they figured out that the lost language that only he could read, one of the reporters came up and they're like, that's Latin. <laughs> that's basically Latin and you're reading a, a poem from like, a Latin poem from years ago. Yeah, it's I mean, a poem from Rome. Yeah, it's th- there's nothing to this. There's no no. And so he got like ran out of town. And right. once he got ran out of town, guess who took over the mantle as the the main, you know, money digger. You know, it was yeah. Joseph he would Smith. basically go rob. He w- he would go look for jewelry in in burial mounds, in, in, in burial mounds, coffins, graveyards, yep. whatever. Which, by the way, super creepy. Yeah. But I mean, that's how he was making his living. He would go around, and he even got. To don't a point, you have to have a broken brain oh, to I do that? So. But at the point, and this sounds horrible to say, and this is one of the things a lot of Mormons will go back to, and they'll say, "Well, for the time, people pretty much thought that Indians were lesser than us. So by going through their graves, you weren't robbing a human; you're just robbing a Native American who didn't really." But he matter. didn't. He didn't only do Native Americans. No, he went through everybody's. You know, he went through everybody's. He I mean, this got, is a guy. This is a cat who would prowl around at night with a shovel and whatever. And I don't even, from accounts I've read, he, he was solo, flying solo. He was. I, I, There's some that I read where he had a partner for a bit, but then I, he went back to solo. Well, probably creeped him out. Probably. So he would go through and he would go to like neighbors and say, hey, I had this 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 vision that you have this on your property. Right, you learned we, it from that guy. Yeah, so pay me $3 a day and I will go find it. You know, and one of them, they, he convinced one of his neighbors to to sacrifice a goat for it. And a lot of this stuff, once you start, so looking, during that time, don't you think he had plenty of time to think up this? This is the oh ultimate yeah. scam of oh. why do I need to go property to property? Why do I need to keep going grave to grave? And that's what I start seeing. And it's one of those things. It's one of those. A lot of people, some of the stuff I've really been reading about, where they really think about, like, I mean, and not to compare them. Some people are going to really get hate me for this comparison. Aleister Crowley. Oh, there's no doubt there's some comparison there. You you compare him because all of a sudden he starts going into what a lot of people call like now right-hand magic. Yes. Where it's pretty much you believe it, you 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 think it. You believe it, it comes you true. You do it, it comes true. And that's exactly what Joseph Smith did. Yeah. He believed all this stuff and put it together until it became became real. He really he is very similar to Aleister Crowley. Once you take out some of the weird, I mean, Aleister Crowley went a little kinky and Satanist, but well, yeah, but 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 we're talking about that specific style of magic. Yes, the, and that, the, was that projection much, magic. Yes. And, and, and there's Joseph people Smith. still to this day that you know a lot of the uh, positive thinking movement, a yeah. lot of the new age movement that came it really out really comes out was the, the, based on that philosophy. Yes. You know, you think it, you uh, the secret, you, you put goals towards it, and then you you. It happens for you. You think it, you imagine it, it happens for you. Yeah, you think it, you imagine it, you do the work. You see this a lot in sales. If you've ever been to any kind of sales conference where they're, they're teaching you the secret of sales, it's like, yeah. well, you you think it, you set the goals in your mind, you believe it's going to happen, and you operate in the fact that it's going to happen, and you can make it happen, and that's what Jay Smith was doing. Yeah, oh yeah, Joe Smith was definitely doing this. And that's what he was doing. And I mean, it really started with... You know the, the the money digging. He started seeing the way to do it that way, and then from there, started building all this stuff because he started seeing things. And a lot of the stories he comes up with later, with the ideas of where the Mormon people came from, Lehi and all that stuff, they were too. You know, when Jesus, well, even his idea that uh, if you get into the Mormon doctrine, where early on the the 
the, this Moroni that came to him was was a was, was a Native American who who had met Jesus because when Jesus supposed when Jesus when died Jesus on the cross died, he came here he, he for came three days. here and and witnessed to the Native Americans yeah. and then he disappeared yeah. and then the natives once they got saved and and died they became white yes and they became and then he came back to Joseph Smith all of that goes into it it could only happen where he was at yes. all of these things all of the lore all of the stories all of these things so if joseph smith had been born in the south mormonism would be a completely different religion yeah it could only happen where he is cuz i mean do you know where the garden of eden is it's independence missouri <laughs> right that's right <laughs> where they ran him out oh yeah they ran him out big they time. ran him out but, but I mean, and that's the thing is, I mean, really, a lot of the stuff that he, he does, it's right hand magic. Because most biblical scholars will tell you they, and nobody knows for a fact, no. obviously, but a lot of people believe that the Garden of Eden is probably somewhere on the on the continent of Africa. Yes, because that's where I mean, not only just biblical, but if you go with science, right, um, that's where we all originated. But no, not for not for Joseph Smith. No, it was. It's it, in Missouri somewhere. In, nothing good is in Missouri. <laughs> I'm sorry well, if you live in Missouri. It's the show me state. There's yeah, show me the way out. Show me out. the garden. No, it, show, show me, me state, the way out. Show me the way out. <laughs> well, especially if you're living in St. Louis these days. Yeah, you probably want to get out. My brother lives somewhere in Missouri. I don't want to know where because I never want to go there. <laughs> well, Joseph Smith is, uh, and, and so I think we'll, we'll just kind of wrap things up because we're going to leave it as him being young and now discovering the tablets. Yes. So, and let's. You know, for the last five minutes or whatever, let, let's really di let's dial in because we're going to pick it up at the tablets yes. next week. So, so Joseph Smith, he he's out praying. So he's out praying after all this bizarre childhood, and he's but again, he's only fifteen at this point. Yeah, and I mean, he's, and had he's a very lived bizarre a really childhood. crazy life. He has. I mean, his family, like I said, they they were not good with money. They kept moving. I think one of the things I read said he lived in seven different seven different cities by the age of five. Yeah, because and that, that's traumatic for a child. Yeah, and and obviously, you know, they're struggling for cash. He, he can't. He's find had friends. all these physical problems. Yep. You know, they're probably taught at home. Uh, they and they keep flip flopping in these different churches. They're Presbyterians. They're Methodists. They're yeah. you know all over the map. They keep and, having new careers that don't work. Right, and so he and the, obviously he's got a bunch of brothers and sisters, and so he's on his own. Yeah, and he. Uh, I think you know when he had this the what was the fever that he had typhoid. It does boil boil your brain. It does. And there's a lot and, of and things. it can cause lots of damage. There's a lot of things that I've read about people that you know people who've lived through typhoid fever. It killed a lot of people. Yes, it did. But people who lived through it have have come out of it on the other side with a lot of mental issues and stuff like that because it does boil your brain. Because basically, what it comes to, down to is um, from drinking or using water to cook that basically people have pooped in. True. That's, that, that's really what it is. It's basically it's unsanitary, unsanitary water. It's right. usually you see it a lot in nations like third world countries. Well, yeah, because they like don't that. they don't have clean water. Yeah, because they don't have clean water, and that's where it's and living then, organisms in the water. Yeah, and once you get it, then all of a sudden you, it's easy for you to pass it to somebody else, you know, and stuff like that, and then it becomes but very, very through dangerous. all. So through all of that, and through the through the grave robbing, through learning through this from the charlatan, I think at fifteen he got tired. I think of, so. I mean, of, of of having to dig up. And and because not every time you dug up a grave did you get anything. No, 
you know, and but he's looking for gold, silver, you know, uh, you know, artifacts, whatever Stuff that he like can that, sell. Anything that he can sell to people. So or, yeah. why wouldn't you at that point, you know, while you're out there on your own late at night, wandering around doing your thing, and you're trying to figure out the ultimate scam? Yeah. The you know the, like how can I how can I how can I find something that's so important that's so that I can convince well, people and then I don't have to do this anymore? And I think that's one of those things where like the eighteen twenty where he saw, you know, Jesus and God, why that one didn't become such a huge thing till later because Everybody poo pooed it immediately. Everyone poo pooed it immediately because everybody had seen it. It wasn't until he comes back later in what, like 1823, I think it was, or whatever, where all of a sudden, hey, there's some golden plates. Right. Now, all of a sudden, that's something nobody's talking about. That's a new, a new one. And the stones in order to interpret them. The seer stones, which is one of the big things that a lot of people will bury, a lot of the Mormon historians will gloss over. Because the seer stones look way too much towards, you know, a cult. Or crystal. There were crystals, basically. Yeah, they were crystals. They're, that they're, he stuck in a hat and put his face in. Yeah. And then he could read the, the And then he could tabs. read the gold tablets that nobody, nobody saw. Because if you saw them, you'd die. And they're, and they're still not around. Nobody's ever found them. Well, or yeah, the because stones. Because they were taken back to heaven. Of course. Why not? And if anybody saw them, they would die. And when he finally let people try to see him, they couldn't see him because they didn't believe well enough. <laughs> He was uh, the twelve. Thing I will give again, him. You know, he look, was good. Again, I'm a Christian, and I know that there people have struggles with the Bible and some of the Bible stories and some of the accounts in the Bible. And and so and honestly, I do too. But this is so far fetched. And it coming is. and and like the Bible wasn't started by a 15 year old. No, it was written by doctors, first hand accounts. There's lots of. People who were alive at the time, like Josephus and others, who wrote, who were not Christians, who wrote about Christ, who confirmed, you know, yeah. and there's a lot of things, and, with, and they found archaeological, yes. you know, proof of that, that at least during the time, these people who like Paul and there's and things stuff that they around. found too that like they can they've shown where it is possible that the parting of the seas could have happened, right. The winds were just right in a certain spot; it could have happened. But there's a lot of stuff with this. I think is. So bizarre. It is. It is very bizarre, and it goes way out there. Because um, wait till we get into the actual Mormon. Like once we get past Joseph Smith, and, and that, and next week we're gonna now we're gonna go into his adulthood. Yes, indeed. and his forty wives. Yes, and and now they're in the, and how the Mormon Church got established. They get on the move. They get kicked out, and they're and they're just shunned all across the country. And probably, I mean, hopefully next week we should get to through Joseph Smith to his death, and then we can talk about, you know, what happens afterwards. Then we'll start about starting because to Because then young. it starts getting really crazy. And like I said, though, I mean, for a lot of you people who are Mormons now, the religion you know right now it's not, is not the religion that no. they practiced It's not the one they teach lifetime. either. Not in his lifetime. A lot of this stuff has been glossed over because they're like, we want people to understand a religion and believe it, but we don't want them to be scared away because all the occult beginnings. They do it. not want you to dig deep, and no. which is funny. There's a it's lot not of occult. funny. It's actually kind of sad because, you know, we all know the stereotype Mormons who come to your door. It's Elder John and El- Elder Joe or whatever. They're my, and, my house. And, 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 you know, they come knock on your door and and. In, back in the day when I was studying a lot of this, I would invite them in, if, especially if I had time. And I would lay a lot of this information on them. They had no clue. And, and in fact, some of them were so upset they would call me a liar, and I would pull out their own, like the book, of the, the, you know, the, the doctrine book, 
I would pull out you know their own material and say, no, no, it's right here, or a historical book. And and they would go well. I got to go back and talk to my you know uh, yeah, who's who's, who's who's the big guy the who, bishop the, yeah I got to go back and talk to the bishop and I'm like well your bishop may not even know this no. but I mean it's kind of one of those things if you go back a lot of like even Christians don't know the the, the history of the Christian religion and a lot of they things do that, not. Go, that that go there and it's it's true it's one of those things that I think knowing the history doesn't change what it is today. No. It's still it's different. I mean, even Christianity is different than what it was. Oh, absolutely. When, when Christ was the alive. first Church of Acts is in no way representative of the Church of today. No, and that's why I think a lot of people get stuck with. They're like, "Oh, you can't, you know. Oh, that's not true. That never happened. That's not what my church would do. Not now, because your church has evolved over time. Yeah, it's because yeah, exactly. Whether you believe in God or not, the church is ran by humans. Bingo, brother. I'm so with you on that. Whether it be the Mormon Church, the Christian Church, whether you're a Baptist, Presbyterian, whether you're uh, a non-denominational, yeah. it is run by human beings. Humans are flawed. Yes, it is. It can and still I, be the Church of Jesus Christ. It can still be the Church, you know, the Church of God, uh, and it can still be blessed, in my opinion. However, I've worked in churches mm-hmm. and I've seen behind the curtains, and it is it is no different than a business. It's no different than anything else. And I think there we'll get into that people, when we talk Brigham Young. There are good people, bad people, and yes, there are manipulators, There, and it is run by human beings, and there is the flaw. Yes, and I think that's honestly with the Bible, because I mean, there are different versions of the Bible, because it was translated from Aramaic. Yes, well, it's been translated many times. And it's been translated multiple times, and you know who knows where one of those translations was changed? Who knows where someone was like, well, well I, there, it, I don't quite agree with this, so e- I'm going to change it a even, little bit. Even, Humans. With, even, with, even with the gospel, there's the lost gospels, and there's, uh, there's ones that they have found that they weren't consistent enough with the Bible that they didn't include in the canon of the Bible. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Dead Sea Scrolls that weren't put in because they, they change... When or it was written to way later, or yeah. it wasn't consistent with what was already been set in place. Look, I understand that. I understand that. But which someday would be kind of fun to go down the Bible and we see should. how. I mean, in, in a a sense, like Revelations really wasn't a huge part of the Bible until the last hundred years. I yeah, mean, it's always been there, but it wasn't the the a well, lot I, of the I, cults I, really suck on to that Revelations. Yeah, they do, but a lot of the they Christianity do. and stuff really didn't. All right. Well, that is it. We got to yeah. get on out of here. Hey, it's great to see you again. It's it's great fun to, to fun to be in studio with oh, you. Yeah. And I'm uh, glad you had a good time in Hawaii. Everybody, have a great week. We'd love yes. to hear from you. Down the RH at ProtonMail.com. This has been another edition of Down the Rabbit Hole. You have the midweek edition? Yep, I have the midweek edition. I have right. no idea what it's going to be, but we'll have something good. Oh, it'll be fun. Yes. We'll see you there. All right.